she criticised my appearance and everything like that. She said, oh, why don't you grow your, your hair back? Because I fucking can't. Genetic, bitch. Now, this is Straight Talking Mental Health, where we tackle everyday mental health issues, but there's a twist. That is anything goes, pretty much anything. We'll discuss everything and anything, the good things and the bad things got to do with your mental health. We'll go to places that other podcasts, other media outlets won't go, and it's all in aid of educating people and helping as many as we can. And my name is Peter Dunn, and the guy who works in mental health day in, day out is psychotherapist Alan Clark. Do you get introduced as psychotherapist Alan Clark much? No, I'm usually introducing myself. <laughs> That'd be a bit fucking weird. <laughs> Hi, I'm psychotherapist Alan Clark. You may remember me from such workshops as, and such podcasts as... <laughs> I always find yeah. it funny when comedians have to introduce themselves. Oh, you before the walk on. Yeah, and they, they put on a different noise for Dara O'Brien, <laughs> voiced by Dara O'Brien. <laughs> can you can you jump the queue in Tesco now? You know, and just play the psychotherapist card. You know, no, oh, it's okay, it's okay. I'm a psychotherapist. Yeah, yeah. And get away yeah. with it. You know, people yeah, staring at you, going, "Oh, right, yeah, oh, yeah, I get back you." Off, back <laughs> off. Let him through with his pop tarts. Come here. I was supposed to ask you before, actually. What's mm. the worst part of your job? What do you not like, or what did they not tell you when you're studying this? Mm. I think making a business of it is hard. That's that's a hard part. Um, you know, because it's not just sitting in front of a Sitting in front of a person. Um, okay. You know, sitting non-judgmentally in front of someone whose beliefs and um, opinions go against everything I believe in. You know, some of them may be racist or some of them may be homophobic or anything like that or mm. anti-vaxxers or, you know, stuff like that. It's, you know, now look, you sit with them and you respect them as well, but, you know... It's obviously, and it's a part of the job, you know, you sit there, self-restraint. And it's, you know, I've never, I've never referred anyone on. I've never done anything like that ever. And that's something I've always been proud of in the practice that I've never, you know, I'll, I'll work with anyone under any, any, any circumstances. Um, and one difficult thing is um i think and i think i said it on the podcast before it's it's depressing working with depressed clients okay you know the, their energy and um it's 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 difficult to kind of manage yourself in that um because obviously they're very down and you know you're not going to be knocking any crack over it like mm. um mm. but that sometimes i can you know sometimes you can and yeah you know nine times out of ten People will say, you know, I felt better. Well, you know, I felt yeah. better than I did when I walked in. Um, so I think, yeah, it's just kind of minding yourself in it um, and making a business of it and mm. all of the other side of it, the, the admin side. The yeah, that must be the tough part as well, because, you know, you hop on there and you're, you know, like that you do what you're trained to do. And then afterwards you're going, oh, Jesus, I have to sort out tax, the rent is to mm. be paid mm. and um, you know, whatever paperwork you have to do with every client and all mm, that kind of stuff mm. as well like that must be yeah. well even, yeah. even now like you know I'm fucking flat out at the minute like I you know I'm having to turn people away even find the time to get pe- back to people and have, find mm. the energy to get back to people yeah yeah you know because come the end like 
come the end of the night, like fucking bollocks. Like well, I'm not contacting anyone now, and mm. could be straight back at it in the morning. You know, even just finding the time. Yeah, to, yeah. When to you do think that, about finding it. the energy to. She's yeah. on this person or, you know. Like, that's a big one there, energy. Because, you know, mm. how many clients would you see uh, on a daily basis? Yeah, it depends on the day. Like, I, you know, because I have James toward the end of the week, you know, it's all in the, it's all at the start of the week, you mm. know, mostly. Um, so those, those days are filled. And then after that, it's work. And then it's, then it's being a father. Mm. Um, and then, the weekend, it's it's been a it's been a partner, it's been a boyfriend, and then it's work, being mm. a father, being a boyfriend, work, being a, you know, and that's that's but, that's uh, the life, you know. It's it's uh, a lot of energy has to go into every client, though. Doesn't oh it? yeah, that's yeah. That's, you know, that's you that's imagine the, thing, the amount like, of energy you have to, your you client has that, to expel. Yeah, you know, that, and that, you have to do that like four or five times a day. Yeah, that client leaves and next one in yeah, yeah yeah you know and you have to give you have to give that same energy to the yeah. first as the well, last you could be and, still processing a little bit of the the last yeah, just, section yeah that's yeah. it that one's done okay i'm present i'm back i'm in with this person here now mm. um I, I had the um had further further assessment on the autism thing at the at the weekend oh yeah you were speaking about that last week yeah yeah and i have to get it uh next this weekend that was the last the last part of it so i'll find out for definite, if 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 yay or nay on it, um. But he was saying like, he said, Jesus says I couldn't do what you do, like you know the the schedule you have there and stuff like that. He says I'm all right with a with an assessment form here, like and ticking mm-hmm. quest, ticking boxes and all of that. But he said I couldn't I couldn't be as present as as you need to be, like yeah, in that job. And that's you know that's I think always one of my strengths is, and clients go Jesus, you know, do you not bring it home with you? And most of the time I don't. You know, I'm present. But once I lock the door, I'm gone home. You know, and that's it. Um, mm. Usually drained, obviously, because you know, as any person is at, at the end of the working day. Um, so m- managing yourself in that um, and having that same energy. And look, I could have been dealing with fucking horrific shit in the previous fifty minutes, like yeah, yeah. And then the next person comes in, move on. Mm be here for this for this person and you know I think I think you kind of mentioned one of the other ones as well like you know someone comes in and they're bitching about the, the husband not loading the dishwasher or something like you mm. know that that deserves and is and warrants the same energy and commitment as the person telling me about horrific child abuse yeah pain uh, isn't exclusive yeah there's mm. no hierarchy of suffering yeah um, so to be there for each and every person that's, yeah, that's that's what's required. But again, and, you've, and I don't think you mind yourself though as well. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like well, so look, therapists are the fucking worst. Like therapists are all the ones fucking pushing self care. Like you know. Yeah. Um, and which is why you know because Ashling Ashling is always she's always said to me she's like, you know, I don't want you, you know, I don't want you feeling under pressure now to come and see me. Like you know, as I know, no, this is my self care. <laughs> yeah. This, this yes, yeah, okay. It's, you know, to 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 travel and stuff like that. Um, you know, and that it's it's time consuming, but that's what I do. Because mm. then, you know, when I'm with her, you're refreshed in that. Yeah, yeah. yeah switch off. We're mm. having a fucking crack, and you know, chilled out. And I'm not thinking about work, and I don't have to think about anything else. And you mm-hmm. know, she's she's amazing. Like you know, I go up there and I won't fucking lift a finger. Like mm. you know, I think I can do. It's like no, 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 no. You've been working all week. You're after. You're coming up here. You know, so 
That's the honeymoon phase. That's the honeymoon yeah, phase. Yeah, no, no, to be fair. You get a whack in the back of the head with a newspaper next yeah. week, you see. Get up, you lazy bollocks. No. You do nothing wrong to you. You never no, lift a finger. That's one of the things about her. It's, and I think we're both very caring people by nature. So, you know, you've been nearly fighting. I'll do that for you. No, no, I'll do it. I can do it. No, no, you did that. Yeah, but I'll do it. You know, it's, it's very much that kind of part. That, And I think, you know, we're both both parents as well like you know like I've been I'm a parent longer than I wasn't like mm-hmm. you know yeah. so it becomes second nature you know I'll be putting stuff into the dishwasher she's like stop what are you doing like she's like I live alone like this <laughs> this is fucking nothing for me to mm-hmm. to help with the dishwasher but she's very much you know she respects the the, the effort I've made um, so that that part of the the weekend is is very important for me. Mm. Like, and look, James is great. You know yourself. You fucking loving the kids, loving the bits. But to take a lot of energy, like you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, you you know. So that that's tough, like as well. Mm-hmm. Now look, you'll recharge it, but at the same time, you love them and they're fucking great. But they're still glad to see them getting into bed at the end of the night, like yeah. <laughs> you know. But um, I mean, they're only they're only in bed you know, maybe an hour and you whip out the phone and you're looking at the pictures and the videos that you've taken of them from yeah, that day yeah, and you're going, yeah. oh, I wish you were still awake. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> They're great crack. Yeah, yeah. Um, and particularly James, a scorpy little bollocks today. I don't know what's going on with him. Like, he's like, shit, I get no good out from him. He's gra- like, he's grand when he's at home. All he wants to do is he just wants the two of us to be here. Like, mm. If we have to go out at all, he's like a fucking demon. <laughs> You know, it's just like, or even like, well, you know, we'll go out for food or, you know, we'll get, we'll drive, we'll go to KFC, we'll get a takeaway. Oh, we'll not just ring something. It's like, they don't deliver, <laughs> but we'll just get something else. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. So today, like, you're chasing fucking chess, buddy. I said, what's going on with you? I'm getting no good out of you at all today. But then when he's at home, he's, he's grand. Like, grand, you know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then it's like... Uh, uh, is it time to play the game yet? No, it's not time to play the game yet. <laughs> when will it be time? I said, you're about four hours to go there, bud. <laughs> you, have a, you have a fucking long time yeah, to go. Yeah, yeah, It's a telly time. <laughs> and then, yes, like, no. then, he's, then he'll sulk for a while. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. What do you want to do? Well, what do you want to do? Have a think about what you want to do there. We can, we can do it. Well, you know all I can think to do. <laughs> like, well, you just gotta wait, you know. <laughs> yeah, fuck's sake, give me something here, buddy, you know. <laughs> so it's it's fucking. It's but again, hard. yeah, you're right. It, it you know it takes energy, and mm. you know you you have to recharge yourself. Like, and you know you you always imagine that, uh, let's say, a mechanic has the best of the best car, but apparently <laughs> not true. Mechanics yeah, never look after houses, their own car, it? and yeah you'd imagine the builder's that about the builder's house that it's always yeah. the one that's falling apart that's yeah. the one yeah because by the time yeah. they get home they're too tired to fucking do anything mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah same with chefs yeah you know, true oh, oh it must be great to be married chef. to a chef yeah, yeah. like fuck is it they mm-hmm. don't cook <laughs> yeah. fuck that I've been cooking all week you know yeah. <laughs> I've fucking fallen for that one like <laughs> that's a fucking hard 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 one uh, lesson like <laughs> yeah um but then again, like um, I asked now, I, I don't want to name drop here because I, I name dropped him last week, but he's a sound lad. So uh, I, I asked Donald Skeehan, celebrity chef, you know, when his wife cooks, um, does he uh, critique her? And he said, are you crazy? He said, because if I critique her, she'd never cook for me again. So even if she yeah. burns it, I'm going to have to go, oh, that's lovely. Delicious. Fair play to you. <laughs> you know, you know, it, it makes a good yeah. point. So what would your equivalent of that be? Um, what would Laura do that you critique her on? Uh, 
I can be a bit of a fucker for the cooking, in fairness. You know, like, uh, oh, yeah, that was nice. But do you know what I do with that? You know, just just subtly. (laughs) Are you? uh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because you can't just. Things like that. uh, Yeah. I I did that last week. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I'm with you on that. But do you know what I did that fixed it? There you go. As opposed to, don't do that. Do this. (laughs) It just gives you a look. You shut the fuck up, was it? Is that what you did? Yeah. Before you put your Exactly what you're trying to do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Right. We better tell listeners what we're talking about this week. This week, we are straight talking abusive relationships and we're going to talk to Andy Furlong he's an expat he's a podcaster he's a rapper and he's a friend of ours he's a decent old skin as well to say to people as well this this as a subject may be a little triggering so just for people as we always say if something triggers you you know take a break if you need to but come back to it because you know you will learn something and something will resonate but it can be a very sensitive uh, subject it can be mm-hmm. a traumatic experience for a lot of people so i suppose go into it just with uh you know looking after yourself if if you need to step away if you need to but mm-hmm. but but come back when you're when you're ready to um, because it can be uh, it can be a difficult situation for people. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, I want to find out more about what it's like leaving the country and what it does to your mental health, you know, which uh, may become more prevalent sooner rather than later because there's a lot of people looking at working abroad with the lack of opportunities in Ireland anyway and their restrictions not helping now, that. <laughs> well, you can go, you can isolate abroad and you can, you can get well, a job because true, construction... Yeah you know around the world tends to be up and running mm, again mm. or they're doing something you know but um have you have you ever considered leaving the country to uh to work abroad by the way no i've never got the chance man i told you i've been fucking i've been a father longer than i've been like mm. cut down on me prime <laughs> <laughs> taken away <laughs> yeah yeah that that became my that became my uh priority you know so I think there was and was considered. I wasn't given much consideration of moving when the kids were, when the kids were very small. But of course, um, yeah. No, I think I think I'll make up for it on the back end. So I'm definitely going to retire somewhere fucking hot. Oh just, yeah, just me play too. golf and yeah, <laughs> do fuck all. <laughs> Enjoy me retirement. Um, and all my supervisor, Tony, sixty-seven. He's still going. Fair play. So, yeah, yeah. I I have this notion that. Um. Yeah. When I'm older, I'm gonna have somewhere like a a house or a villa in Spain that I'm just gonna fly out and stay for about three months of the winter, or, you know, and just work from there every so often and do as mm. little as possible and just with the heat, the warm weather, and mm. be beside. Nah, if the I go, sea man, I'm or, gone <laughs> for three months. If I go, I'm gone. <laughs> That's it. Good luck. Sayonara, motherfuckers. <laughs> Three months, fuck that shit. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm not built for this Irish weather, man. I'm fucking swear. I need the heat on my bones, like. Mm, yeah, oh, it can't be the heat. But um, I considered it myself when I was made redundant, working mm. abroad because construction uh, was doing well over in you know London, Canada, um, the yeah, US, Australia, you know, Canada, Australia. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but um, didn't in the end because I changed careers. But I kind of regret not doing it for at least six months or something. You know that. Just to give it a shot. Yeah, just to kind of live somewhere mm. different, you know, mm. meet different people, shop in different shops, you know, learn a different culture. Mm. You know, the likes of that. It just, you know, like uh, the brother-in-law worked in Canada for a few years and we we stayed with him in Toronto for a week. And it was just cool, like, to see the 
the Irish community over there. You know, mm. the, the the people that that they met from. You know, they hung around with and got together with. Like I am never forget. I'll never forget it. He brought us to a, an Irish pub. I think it was called McVeigh's in Toronto, and he pointed out we were on the subway. And he goes, uh, see that lad there? I bet she's Irish. And I bet she's going to McVeigh's. And I went, <laughs> ah, you know. But lo and behold, your man was like 20 paces in front of us. And he ended up going to this pub that we ended up following <laughs> into. And I just went like, Jesus, like, that's amazing. You know, you can spot an Irish yeah, man miles yeah, off, yeah. you know. It was gas. Like, but yeah, I kind of regret not doing something for six months. You know, just going somewhere different. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, just to try it. Yeah, just to try it, you know. But yeah. maybe, maybe the back end, maybe when the kids are all grown up, mm. they try it then, you know, for the crack. I've always, I've always admired Adina. I've always admired my daughter taking that chance and, yeah. you know, moving to Canterbury and making her life over there. Um, Is she there for good? Yeah, seems to be, yeah. 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 And then she went into railing. Um, I was like, oh, fucking do it, go yeah. for it, like, you know. Oh, we were supposed to yeah. do that years ago, yeah. Never mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, before we go any further as well, if you um, if you don't know, you can check us out on social media. We're on Twitter at SCRA Talking Pod. Get us on Facebook, Instagram. You can click stmhpodcast.com. And as we've seen in the past by sharing the pages and the podcasts and your social media, you can help people. And the more you can help us, the more we can reach more people and the more we can help. So everybody's happy. So you can check us out on social media or you can get us on stmhpodcast.com. Com. Do you have any correspondence this week? Uh, not that I noticed, but just just around that, just to make the point, if people are listening on iTunes, um, one way you can help just just hit if you feel the episode warrants five stars, just just hit the five star rating, and that'll that'll help people find it as well. Because mm-hmm. oh, this one has this one has a good rating. I'll I'll check that out. I think can you do that for every episode, or is it just for for the podcast or? I'm not sure. I think um, I'm not sure. Of course, yeah. If you're listening on iTunes, just hit the just hit the five star rating if you believe it. Yeah. It warrants it. Um, if you that, think it deserves a well. one star, just don't click anything. Yeah, <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just go for a cup of tea. We, we try harder next week. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know. um, oh, come here! Um, shout out as well to I think was it Bernard on the Facebook page who um, bought his young lad a pair of Air Jordans. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah was that last week before? About that, yeah, yeah. He oh, gave that was amazing. Oh, you had correspondence. Me? Yeah. Did I? Did you not fucking turn up? Fucking dropping a hot sixteen? Oh, that's right. Yeah, big there shout to uh, big shout there to Ray, go. by the way. Yeah, um, yeah. I must. Facebook page. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it was amazing. You know, Ray got in touch, and um, I think he was been interacting with us on on Facebook. Yeah, he's, on a few always, occasions. Yeah, he's always commenting, and there. you know, he he had to pull over the van when listening to I think it was music and mental health episode. He said, "I have to pull over the van and send you this message straight away." He said, "That track you were talking about, you recorded with Shafto." He said, "I mastered that." <laughs> you know, <laughs> like wow, what a small world. You know, yeah. so he was the Welcome guy who was working in magic. He was putting the varnish. To, to the track something I've never done or been able to do so fair play to him well done Ray thank you very much and uh, make me sound good make me sound better than the other lads yeah. <laughs> ironically the other lad we'll be talking to very shortly as well oh yeah, <laughs> yeah Andy yeah, aka yeah. Andy Abstract the MC yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah you uh, had the correspondence uh, I said I'd leave right, it I said yeah. no I'll let, I'll let you pick up on that one yeah. mm, fair play to you yeah I forgot about that yeah. Jesus yeah and uh, you'd um, you'd good feedback from a client as well which is great to hear yeah yeah mm-hmm. client, client during the week and Wanting to extend her gratitude to you as well. She says, I, you know, I just want to say thanks to you and Peter. 
you know, you really help. You know, whenever my head's not right, I go out for a walk, stick on the podcast and, you know, so just to, just to make sure to pass on our gratitude to, to yeah, you as well play. for it. So it's lovely, you know, it's lovely, lovely hearing to hear, things absolutely. Like, you know, getting yeah. that direct, direct feedback because, you know, for all the places in the world we listen to, for all the people that listen, mm-hmm. hearing that like, it's like, oh, oh, it's real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, yeah. You're yeah, not yeah. just a statistic. Yeah, that's just a you number. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but that's it. Look, and it is. It's um. It's a pleasure that people will take you into their into their houses, into their mm. cars, into their mm. workplace, into their heads while they go for a walk or a run or whatever. You know, it's yeah. it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. It's such a privilege. It's the best thing anybody can give you is their time. Mm. Mm. You know, and we are going to try our absolute utmost not to waste your time. Simple as. Yeah, yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, there you go. Okay. I can't believe, right? This goes to show you how old we're at getting recently. I can't believe me and you had a conversation during the week about mops, and not one mention <laughs> on the robot of Hoover, Billy Dan's and Lil Fame. Oh, MOP, <laughs> mash out posse. <laughs> Got a tweet off on them before. No way. I was like, yeah, yeah, it was Billy Dan's, was it? They fucking dropped a new album, and I tweeted them, and I got a salute. Oh, I love it. Any old crack with you? No, I'm working, working away. That's that's about it. I was mm-hmm. fucking struggling to come up with smiles this week. <laughs> oh, wait, why? <laughs> to be honest with you, yeah. <laughs> Just don't uh, tell yeah. me, don't tell me that lovely weather didn't give you a smile. I was fucking stuck indoors, man. I was looking out with it. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, I didn't, I didn't see any of it. Clients coming in, going, oh, just guards out there. Looks like it. Yeah. Well, we'll have a therapy session outside. (laughs) I'll sit up on this tree and you can sit in the grass. Yeah. yeah. That'd be great. Go go hug a tree. (laughs) Nature therapy. Go for a walk. Actually, is that something that would help if you were seeing a client? Come on, let's go for a walk. I've I've done that with clients before. Yeah. A bit of social anxiety and it takes some of the pressure off, you know, a little bit of distraction and stuff like that. Mm. Um, Yeah, I've I've done that. You're one that... um, uh, when we did the episode on uh, EMDR, yeah, you wanted to come up with that was out walking, and she was kind of ruminating on something, and as she was going through the forest, this kind of famous story around it, as she was going through the forest, kind of looking from side to side, looking at the, looking at the trees, taking in the different scenery and stuff. This, you know, she'd felt better after it, and this mm. had prompted the concept of of EMDR. Very good. Well, mm. yeah. Unfortunately, some therapists just tell people, oh, just go for a walk. Just get out into nature. It's <laughs> yeah. not that fucking simple. Like. Yeah, no, you're, <laughs> you right. you're right, you're uh, right. I had a client said that to me before. I said, oh, you had previous counsellor. How'd that go for you? Oh, yeah, no, nah, no, nah, that didn't work. So what was it didn't work? She just told me to go for a fucking walk. <laughs> I was like, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Jesus, that's so, the case. Think, actually, I'm, I'm setting up I, my own practice. Fuck this shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think we had a correspondence there a few weeks back of a possible guest, wasn't there? Something around? Um, something like that. Nature therapy or something like that. There oh, yeah. Something. Yeah. yeah some, something we need to catch back up on. Yeah, um, we'll have to look into that again. Mm, Absolutely. Mm. Um, so you can't, you can't give me any smiles or you've struggled. No, no, I got them. I was struggling. Oh, I was struggling to come up with one. Well, me, me, remember me bitch last week about IKEA? Yes. <laughs> Fuck segment. I scrambled. I fucking scrambled after that. I rang someone with a trailer. They said, no, I just won't be able to travel. So, you know, I need to get picked up from Belfast. No, I was looking into hiring a van. I was looking at the costs of that and that thing. So I just get to somewhere else. I was like, I am not going to get what I'm getting from Ikea for half, you know, it's it's half the price of what I'd pay mm-hmm. somewhere else. Like, um, So I got up, woke up the next morning, wake at fucking stupid o'clock, literally awake with the birds. 
um, quarter past six or something like that on my phone and I was like I'll just try it again and oh yeah uh, we can deliver this on 28th of April what oh fuck fuck shite and I was, I was fucking panicking oh I must have I'm about to get in a slot I'm about to get in a fucking delivery slot fuck where's my credit card uh, oh my fucking wallet downstairs legging it downstairs in my jocks back upstairs get the fucking uh, get the credit card out and then I like, changed my credit card remember saying they, they cancelled it oh we're going oh, to send yeah, you a yeah, new yeah, one yeah. So I had to fucking, I had to turn the torch on my phone, try not to wake James up to try and see the, the three-digit code on the back. Oh, yeah. I put that in. I'm like, oh, fuck me, it's going through. It's going through. Um, oh, because of, because of the amount, um, you get fucking diverted to your credit cards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some password here. We have yeah, text, we have yeah, text yeah. a six-digit code to your number. No text. Oh, no. five minutes no text you dirty bastards <laughs> fucking back in again trying it again try different credit card brings you to fucking PayPal we have text you a number fuck and I'm there this is 20 minutes and the fucking thing still the text still hasn't come in the signal in my house is shite so I get out of bed I'm in my jocks quarter to seven in the morning I'm standing out on the decking in just me jocks holding me phone up trying to get a fucking signal to try and get the text message from Bank of Ireland Bank of Ireland doesn't go through. I go in, try pay by PayPal. We have text you a number. Same thing again. No fucking oh, number. I'm standing sake. out first thing in the morning in me jocks. No, no. PayPal says we will ring you. We will ring you and then we'll give you a code. 45 minutes later, I got it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so the 28th of April. Brilliant. And then I get a message off them saying, oh, the first part of this uh, will be delivered on the 8th of April, which is today. Mm-hmm. Wow. Then I get a message off them the other day saying DPD will be delivering the first part of your order tomorrow. So which would have been yesterday. I was like, fuck, what are they delivering? So all the stuff for the office and I also ordered uh, little shelves for James's room and then, you know, the boxes that go into the storage boxes. Oh, the Calyx, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Mm. So get the text. I was like, oh, so that's going to be the boxes. And then I get another text. I was like, fuck, what are they sending? They're sending two different, they're sending, well, there's two different orders. What the fuck are they sending? Driver will be with you between two and three. Fuck, I have to go back down to the office. I have to ring me, ma, ma, will you come over? I don't know what they're delivering. Uh, it was only supposed to be the inserts for the for the shelving units. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. Ten minutes down, five minutes down the road, my ma says, oh, he's gone. I said, what was it? Oh, just, I don't know, just two boxes here, they're the same thing. So I ordered four of the drawers, and they came as two fucking orders. Two <laughs> oh, and two. And uh, like, for fuck's mm. sake, like, I could have I waited, lads, because you still have the fucking shelves. <laughs> you still have everything <laughs> yeah. for me office. You could have just held on to the fucking yeah. inserts. Like. Bring them all at once. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's like, yeah, uh, so that that's about the best of me smile. I'm, get, I'm getting my order, whether it comes now at the end of the month or not. I don't know, but my office was painted. Nice one. Started getting that painted today. So I, I can't wait to see the new IKEA advertising campaign. You know, it'll be the sun setting, there'll be a man on the balcony in his jocks holding up a phone, <laughs> and then there's just a voice going, IKEA, the wonderful everyday. <laughs> <laughs> like, do the neighbours look out the window and go, oh, Alan's on Ikea again. There you go. Mm-hmm. Look at him. <laughs> uh, well, all the neighbours are the same. So you see, whatever about the houses, they're a black spot. So you see everyone standing out on the road. 
uh, making phone conversations. Jeez. Obviously, I don't fucking talk on the phone, so you'll never see me out there. But I will be out there in me fucking jocks at quarter to seven in the morning. <laughs> out on the deck and trying not to fucking snap myself with the morning dew. <laughs> oh, man. That's brilliant. Yeah. And is that a smile and a royal? That's me smile and a royal. I'm, I'm me... me Normal, me, me normal royal then is I watched that Sea uh, Spiracy. Oh, yeah, that? I've heard a lot of things about it. Yeah, I watched that. Um, and why didn't they call it Conspiracy? Like, that's just no, because there's a Cowspiracy, I think. That's a, that's a different one about most people with the meat, yeah, but but the, Conspiracy, yeah. but the emphasis oh, yeah. on the sea at the end of it, yeah, 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 yeah. that's, that's annoying true, me yeah. anyway. Yeah, <laughs> actually, tagged me on Facebook. Oh, this looks good, must watch that. All right, went up, watched it, she fell asleep. <laughs> she wakes up just at the fucking point where all these whales are literally being slaughtered by knives as they herd them all oh, onto, lovely. A, onto a beach she's like Jesus Christ what did I wake up to so yeah you want to see what you're after fucking missing jeez um, it's bad so for anyone that hasn't watched it it's, yeah well it's all about the fishing industry and stuff mm. like that and you know that they go on about uh, you know the plastic straws mm. killing the sea turtles and all of that like and it's like no one's talking about all of the plastic fishing nets that get discarded. That's the real killer, like. Um, and then, like, there was one bit of, on, like, tuna and stuff like that, and it was, like, uh, dolphin safe or something like that. Oh, yeah. And they they go and discuss with the, the company of, uh, yeah, what, so what does that mean? Um, well, um, yeah, that means, you know, no, you know, no dolphins are harmed in our, our uh, you know, our tuna fishing. And how do you know that? Uh, well, the captains tell us. <laughs> but like, so you don't yeah. have, well, no, but, you know, but that's that's what they say to us. And how do they get that? How do they get this, you know, how do the companies get this dolphin safe or whatever? Well, they pay us. So you have to pay to say that it's dolphin safe and they're only going off mm-hmm. uh, the word of captains on ships that are fucking slaughtering Isn't and they have, you know, like, obviously... You know footage of what goes on on the ships and how all of the dolphins and then they're just Japan then they're murdering all the dolphins because the dolphins are taking the fish and you know it's fucking it's harrowing stuff like horrific I'm glad I don't eat fish to be honest with you yeah I don't I I wouldn't know myself but Mm. uh, but I did (laughs) you know what did you do well I bought a bamboo toothbrush that's, that's what I bought <laughs> to, to try and do me bit like you know no but look uh, every, every I was like I don't eat a lot of fish yeah. anyway so no I'm not really contributing mm. to it uh, but yeah but that's the that's the thing like if you watch any of those things you never fucking eat anything like yeah oh, God. <laughs> you know yeah. Ign- yeah. there's a lot to be said for fucking ignorance is bliss like yeah you know? you're right yeah every, every vegan that's listening to us now is fucking screaming at her yeah <laughs> you <laughs> dumb bastards <laughs> <laughs> this is what we're saying all along it's just a different fucking industry pretty much yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. that's that's me, me me smiles and royals i think so yeah the only other thing was like um we need to do i think we need to do more i think there's a lot more around eating disorders uh, oh yeah 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 Yeah, I think we definitely need to you know whether it's bulimia or body dysmorphia or anorexia uh, I think we definitely need to to do something solid around each one of those mm. and definitely get a guest on so if there's anyone out there that has those experiences and would like to get in touch please feel free to yeah we'd, absolutely we'd love to hear your story uh, not just around eating disorders but obviously everyone's story but I think I think it's I yeah. think th- those topics deserve um, to be given to be given more like yeah 
Yeah. But there's only so much we could do last week. But I think exactly. we touched on a few yeah. things that we need to expand yeah, on, yeah. you know, bulimia, anorexia and all that as well. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah. So if anybody wants to tell your story, we're always here to listen. Hello at stmhpodcast.com. You can give us a shout anytime or get through on the social media pages. That's me smiles and rails, man. That's, what, that's what's been going on with me. How about yourself? What's been going on with you? What's your smiles? Um, what's your rails? Let me let me give you a royal first. Um, Paul Ritter passed away. Don't tell me you don't know who Paul Ritter is. The, oh, the actor. The actor, yeah. Yeah. I, I was oh, fucking, that's the guy that was in Chernobyl. He was in Chernobyl. He was, was in like, Harry Potter. You fuck? should know. The guy, he was in Harry the... Potter. You're fucking Harry Potter. Who was Potter he in fanatic. Harry Potter? He was, um, did, 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 what was his name? You're going to Google El, it. Eldred, Eldred Warple. Does that make sense? That's not a major, that's not a major character. Um, but no, I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe when I seen the image that it was the same guy over Chernobyl. Um, I know him best from the role he played as the dad in Friday Night Dinners. Did you ever watch Friday Night Dinners? Oh, I didn't like that. Oh, man. Oh, man it was uh, that's with your man of the Inbetweeners. Yeah, yeah, the writers uh, of the Inbetweeners. Yeah, and, and Tams uh, and Greg in it as well. Yes, and I really like mother. her. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, uh, oh, no. He was the guy that always plays weird characters. He was the neighbor with the dog or something, wasn't yes. he? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He always plays name, that yeah. kind of. He always plays yeah. that character. He was the same in Green Wing as well. And. Um, yeah, no, I watched. I think I watched a few episodes. Couldn't oh, get into it's it. Brilliant! I I it. loved it. And funny enough, I can only ever watch it of a Friday night while I'm eating something <laughs> like a takeaway. You know what I mean? But uh, 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 he meta. Was, but he <laughs> meta was TV. a great character. You know, he was he was that good of an actor that you would expect him to be that character if you ever met him yeah, you know he's yeah, a typical yeah, yeah. typical dad and he's, is he you know, acting or is he playing himself <laughs> exactly you know they're, they're a Jewish family and they meet up every Friday the two lads come home to mammy she cooks a big dinner and you know he's always the dad is always nibbling away at the food and you know, he, he he's this phrase every time food comes out. Oh, lovely bit of squirrel, lovely bit of squirrel. He says it every <laughs> week, you know, and he, he yeah, thinks it's yeah. as funny as the first time he said it, you know. But he, um, yeah, he'd, he'd often appear with like no top on. For no, He just loved to go around with no top on, you know. <laughs> but uh, he... Uh, yeah, of course he's really tight as well. Like there was one mm-hmm. episode where they're popping, they're popping champagne, celebrating something, and he has the calculator out and he's dividing the cost of each glass of champagne. Jesus <laughs> Christ! <laughs> but what a, he played his character so brilliant, and he was only fifty-seven. He died of a brain tumor, yeah. and it was just—I I wouldn't mind, but you know, for years, my the mother was telling me. You have to watch Friday Night Dinner. You'd love it. Like, ah, mm-hmm. yeah, get around to it at some stage, man. Yeah, yeah, it'd be grand. But when I started watching it, I got onto it and said, ah, oh, have you seen Friday Night Dinner? It's like, I've been telling you to watch it for years. You know? <laughs> but I, I sent her a screen. You're that guy. I'm that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I should watch, ma. I started watching it. It's very good. Friday Night Dinners. Yeah, yeah little fucking. <laughs> I told you that four years ago, dickhead. <laughs> But uh, I, I sent her a screen grab and I just uh, a crying emoji of that. And she, she rang me straight away. She couldn't believe it. You know, so. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was shocking. You know, it was shocking. And normally it's me ma ringing me to tell me who's dead. You Do know? you know who died? You never, you never guess who's dead. You never guess. Do you remember your man? Yeah. Well, not him. Your Do you remember man, the car yeah. he used to drive? Yeah. Do you remember your man he bought it off? No. Oh, do you never remember your man? Your man with the hair? He used to have to yeah, shop down a thing. Yeah. No, hold on, where, where are we going? You know, no, you're leading I me down a dark alley here. I'm fucking telling you, I didn't know him. <laughs> yeah, what the you fuck, would, man, you had the head with the fucking, you, you know him with the fucking, with, and he had the face with the fucking hair. 
But you, but you <laughs> oh, know, that, fucking now we got do you. Know, do you know? Do you know how you get out of conversation really quick? Uh, I'd probably know him if I see him. You would. Yeah, move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah, but that was um, yeah, yeah, that was uh, I was George, really George hit Siegel by that like, last week or the week before. What's well. that? George Siegel. He died. He died as well. Who's George uh, Siegel? Old English actor. He used to. He was the grandfather in uh, the Goldbergs. Goldberg. Uh, if you Google his oh, face, there I, you go. Oh, I know him. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. He, he um, died last week as well. Shocking. Yeah, but it, it's shocking because at in least a bit he of a had way, a good like, run. Not like fucking Paul Ritter. I know. Was, Fifty-seven. I wouldn't mind it. Yeah. when I seen fifty-seven. I was just as shocked to hear he was dead because he, the character he played looks like about sixty-seven. You know. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. um, it it it's shocking in a way because at the same time, you're undergoing your own grief as well. Because there's a program that'll probably never happen again as a result of his death because he's yeah, one of yeah. the big characters out of that, you know? Unless you, unless the only way to make them work is when you introduce that into it. Yeah. But you know, that the character that the character the dies and yeah, yeah. You know, manage it. Um, manage it that way. Tough done though, isn't it? Yeah. Um yeah. another Ryle. Uh, mm-hmm. this is this is a Ryle from today. Um I seen a, a tweet. I thought this is ridiculous. Um, there's a, a Twitter page called at Spark Ireland who said we've been contacted by a parent who received this letter from school today. Do you see this one? No. The school are threatening to send 13 year olds home for not having correct shoes after four months of not being in school and not wearing school shoes. Feet grow and shoe shops are closed. Fucks. Are you fucking kidding me? And they have a screen grab here of the... Uh, the, the email that was sent out and on the screen grab is two sections one section are runners in shoes with an X through it and the other are plain black shoes with a green tick through it basically these are the shoes you wear as opposed to these now look I'm looking at these at a glance I can't tell the difference between black runners and these black shoes they're talking about but we can't buy shoes <sighs> You know, and thirteen-year-olds are kids. Kids' feet fucking grow. When I was yeah, thirteen, fast. I was like size ten. You know, mm. so like, how does wearing the correct fucking shoes for a school uniform make you learn simultaneous equations? Yeah, like what's the fucking cop on in that in this day and age as well? Like. That well, just any, fucking. If the last year has taught us anything is that there's fuck all cop on like. Yeah. Yeah, the thing about common sense is, is anything but common. It's not very common, yeah. Now you have mm. it, but yeah, that just fucking pissed me off. Like, come on, Jesus Christ! But uh, yeah, it's, uh, rattling me today. Um, let me I give you a smiling. Let me give you a smile. My little girl turned five. Yeah, yeah, and uh, half a decade. It was like she's half, half a decade, decade old. <laughs> wow! <laughs> you know? It's a fucking. Isn't it amazing when you turn those turn those numbers around? Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and actually, there recently, he's like, I won't see each other for two weeks, and like, you know, James and stuff like that. She's like, but that's half a month. I was like, half a month. Now that sounds fucking bad. Now that sounds worse. <laughs> I was all right with two weeks. Fucking half a month is just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, five. Fucking five. That's half a half decade. A decade. Yeah, half, half a, decade. a decade. Makes you feel old. <laughs> Jesus. But, makes uh, you feel old. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't know yourself in my world, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking five-year-old makes you feel old. <laughs> 
yeah, but ah, look, it was great. Now, you know, the poor thing, that's her second lockdown birthday. Yeah. So, yeah. um. You know that feeling, Quiva? Yeah. I'm coming up in a few weeks, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're aiming for number two now. But, yeah. you know, it, what really made it was the weather it was just scorching over yeah. the weekend. Yeah. It was lovely. And, you know, out the garden, playing around, we'd uh, made a birthday cake, we attempted to make a butterfly. You know, kind of worked. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, kind of butterfly cake. Hmm? Uh, no, just chocolate cake shaped like a butterfly. All right. So uh, <laughs> I, I, you weren't fucking doing some genetic mutations for her birthday. Like, let's make a butterfly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Happy birthday! Here's a pigeon rat I made. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was great. We um, the, the weather really made it. Like you know, but yeah, you know, yeah. we we'd good fun. Really enjoyed the, the long weekend and. Then we went from being sunburnt to being fucking frostbit with the snow. So it, it always baffles me, the, yeah. the weather in this country. You know, never mind when tourists could come over here. What did they think? Mm. Fuck. You know? the, the thing that baffles me is that, and I said this to so many clients, it's like, and yet we're always surprised. We're always surprised. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. fucking spring in Ireland. Yeah, yeah. Literally four seasons in one day. I get our yeah. hailstones, and we had it there recently. Hailstones, snow, rain, sun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just in, last in week. one day. Yeah, yeah that in was Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we're always surprised by it. Yeah, it's we are. Isn't that mad? Yeah. And I was eighteen there last week. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's fucking spring in Ireland. <laughs> That's Wednesday in Ireland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We should be well used to it now at this stage. Yeah. Um. Oh, I found something really cool today. It made me smile, and I want you to try this. Right? Just uh, yeah. did you ever hear a drive and listen? No. Oh, you're going to have to Google this. Drive right. and listen, right? Just just stick it into Google. And it's the right. first thing that comes up is like drive and listen dot hero cop dot com or something like that. Do you have it there in front of you? Drive and listen. Drive and listen. Drive and listen. Hero cop yes. dot com or something. Yeah. You get to get a live stream from a dash cam. From loads of cities and places around the world, and all you're doing is looking at somebody driving. You're just looking at the road in front <laughs> fuck, of you, fuck and you're listening to the local radio station. It is amazing. Is, I don't know where this is. Hamburg, no, Germany. Is Hamburg? It? Is that it just uh, look along the right hand side? Of, like scroll down for more cities. Oh, yeah. uh, that's the local radio oh, station oh. playing there. Yeah, man. Oh man, it's amazing. Just, like you can flick there. Look, you Budapest, you've Dublin. You've um, Chicago, you've Delhi, Hawaii, Istanbul. I'm in this? I'm in Switzerland at the moment, and I kid you not, I'm looking at the White Mountains here. <laughs> oh, what it's the, amazing! How did you find? How the fuck did you find this? I'm bored at work. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dublin. Dublin. Uh, what are you asking? No, I heard it on. Oh, it's obviously not a radio station. <laughs> All right. I heard it on a radio station, and I said, "Come on, while, while I'm listening, I'm gonna." And I have a look at this. And it's incredible. I just love it. You're just you're just out on the open road and you're on somebody's like a very high quality, like 4K quality dash cam. Uh, not, not in Dublin here. And no, all you're I, doing I'm is... Around, I'm up around the coomb. That's you're in the coom- at the minute. Yeah, I was yeah. in Dublin earlier watching it. Yeah. And do you know something? I watched it for about five minutes and I was listening to the radio station. It was classic hits. And <laughs> that's, I, yeah, that's, that must be what I have here, yeah. I thought to myself... Jeez, it feels like I got out. <laughs> it's brilliant. The sun is shining here, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's amazing. I love it. Yeah. It's just, 
Oh, now, like, this lad's going to go up by the fucking flats now and get the fucking wheel dropped off his car, so. <laughs> <laughs> Your virtual wheels have been nicked. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I, I was in, I'm, in, I'm in San Francisco now. <laughs> and Jesus Christ. I'm, uh, I'm going down going down one of the many, many steep so, hills. So, you so find someone, has, someone has their dash cam. Yep. And then they upload it to this website, is it? I think that's it. I'm not 100% sure. I just found it today. It's obviously not live, obviously, because I'm working. I'm looking at Dublin here and splitting sunshine. Dublin in daytime. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, but it's just... toward Christchurch, good man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was in Christchurch <laughs> earlier. Yeah, yeah. same one, same one. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> now in Sweden. Man. I'm in Stockholm listening to Star FM. There we go. Actually, I think I'm at an airport. Uh, my Swedish isn't in the May West, but it looks like an airport. Not a lot of fucking traffic in Dublin, anyway. I've never seen that <laughs> no, route right. so fucking empty. <laughs> Jesus. Anybody, anybody. I'm watching it. I'm getting onto you how fucking odd you are, and I'm watching it here. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you're going to love this. It's brilliant. Nah, it is brilliant. No, I'll never watch that again. <laughs> and you, um, you you can turn it on your street noise. You can speed the car up. I was in, I was in Buenos Aires earlier. And uh, there was this car kind of cutting in and out in front of the dash cam. Going, that guy's a maniac. Oh, and yeah. then I looked at the car speed and went, oh, it's times two. <laughs> Get road rage from the comfort of your home, folks. Absolutely. It's brilliant. <laughs> At some dickhead in Brazil. <laughs> Pick a fucking lane, dickhead. <laughs> oh, whatever man. that is in Portuguese. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if anybody, if anybody wants a bit of crack, just hop onto that and... Uh, <laughs> And I stroll through the streets of some major cities around the world. Wuhan. Here's Wuhan. Let's pop into Wuhan and see what's happening here. And, uh, yeah, it's fairly empty. No one eating bats, no? No, not that I can see of. A lot of people on scooters. Yeah. A lot of people on scooters. There we go. Empty enough streets. Yeah. And it's Al... Alxa Mongolian Radio. No, oh, there you go. Lovely. So there you go. Right, guys. All your, there all you your go. Classic hits. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So that was one of my smiles. So if, if anybody's a few minutes to spare, you've a laptop in front of you for the crack, just go on to drive and listen. dot com or just Google drive and listen. It's brilliant. That's not cop. That's it's brilliant. K U P P. Yeah, that's yeah, the one. Yeah. So this week we are straight talking, as I mentioned before, with Andy Furlong. He's an expat, he's a podcaster, he's a rapper, he's a friend, and he's fucking with his mic. How are you, Andy? <laughs> I can't really Oops. follow that uh, <laughs> intro there. You caught me red-handed there. Yeah. And, uh, as you can tell, I forgot my roots already. There you go, yeah. Um, but, uh, do you know, we were talking earlier, Andy, about, um, you know, leaving the country. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm saying to Alan, you know, it's, it's a regret I, I have that I didn't go away for like six months and you know, work somewhere, live and, you know, just enjoy uh, a different way of life or a different place to shop or socialise or whatever. Yeah, yeah. People. Like, what was your thinking about? You moved from Limerick to, was it London? Yeah, well, I originally um, left in 2005 and then I kind of floated back between like a few months here and a few months there. Did a bit of hitchhiking around Europe and things like that. Wow. But I, I guess I became a permanent expat in 2008. And I remember actually it was, 
I'd made up my mind and then the day after I was working in I was I was gonna show my stuff now by saying Primark instead of pennies but I guess it's, oh. it's pennies in Ireland <laughs> still go, isn't yeah. it <laughs> because but, um, it's, it's no bother mate Primark, Primark. oh my yeah, listen. That's, that's the big thing then as well isn't it <laughs> exactly I know I had to get pennies out of me but now I've got to get it back in talking to you lot but um yeah, yeah so I remember no, I remember <laughs> yeah, don't be have notions about yourself leaving Ireland now. But um, I remember someone that I work with came in and they said, it's a recession now, you know. And I was like, what do you mean? And it wasn't a recession yesterday. But it's the kind of, they almost announced it on the papers and people started kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy in the sense that everyone acted like there was a recession. And then before we knew it, the country went to shit. But I had already decided at that stage that I was... Um, I was going to hightail it out of there. I had been accepted to a, a film studies course in uh, in London, so I was I was I was ready to go by then. So it worked out pretty well to to leave at that time because, uh, as you well know, it took Ireland a, a long time to recover. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, how did you feel when you were leaving? I mean, if it was me, I'd be you know I'd, I'd be kind of looking around going. Jeez, is this the last time I see the family? Is this the last time I see the friends? Or what if something happens to somebody or whatever? You know, be very, very emotional. What was it like? You know what? You know what? I, um, I was having this conversation with a few of my friends here the other day. You know that kind of sense of community when you have like, you know, they say the black community or the LGB mm. community. Mm. I was tell- I was talking to my my girlfriend actually, and I was like, I, "It's not now. Listen, lads, you, you're not gonna <laughs> kick me off the podcast for saying this, but I never really felt like obviously I'm Irish, but I never felt part of like like if I meet an Irish person over here, I don't feel the urge to necessarily talk to them because they're Irish. I, like so, mm, okay. I, it's it's kind of like the the anonymity of going from a, a small village where everyone knows your name to to going to a big city where you can kind of just disappear. And kind of, I, I don't know, well, you guys kind of know, you, you know, you kind of have a, a kind of, not to say a reputation, but you kind of have a box that everyone puts you in, 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 mm. in, in, mm. in growing up. And it's kind of hard to, to be yourself. I always kind of felt like that and kind of wanted to, to leave the country and just, um, I don't know, just to see what the world has to offer. But I remember my uncle, actually, who I never saw cry was actually bawling when I left because they used to go over here in, in London in, or England even in the 80s and so they kind of remembered when they were going over different experience um, yeah exactly so it kind of triggered them if anything so I remember them uh, one of my uncles he dropped me off at the, the, the bus station and with my mum and that and um, he was bawling which took me by surprise but then I was thinking about it afterwards that obviously they would have went over in the 70s and 80s and it was as you know it was hard for Irish people particularly in England at the time with the the kind of IRA connotations they were saying that you would mm. be you'd be scared to speak with an Irish accent back then but mm. for me it was grand anyway when you were leaving Andy like how do you think that you know, moving abroad affects your mental health. Actually, no, I didn't have any. You know what? When you're really young, I moved over. When was I? Uh, I guess permanently I did it when I was 22. I didn't. I. You, you know, when you're kind of young, you don't think things true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Blissfully ignorant. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind Naive. of the blissful ignorance of, yeah. So I didn't think of any of that. I just thought, and when I came over the, the very first time, I, I had no place to go, no plan, and I just ended up staying in a hostel. When I came over for the first few months in, um, in, in 2005, I didn't have any plan or any clue. And, and then when I came the second time to study, I had more of a plan because I was getting accepted into uni. But I didn't think of 
I didn't even consider what kind of job I'd get to support myself while I was over there. I thought that the money I saved up uh, for a long time would last me a year or two. But Jesus, that was gone by February and I only got there since September. So when you're young, like if I if I thought about moving to a place now, I would definitely overthink it or maybe the right amount of thought maybe. Mm -hmm. But when I went over, I absolutely didn't. All I was doing was going over and... Um, you know, if it didn't work out, I could go back to Ireland. As I was more and more away from Ireland, it kind of, it, I didn't want to go back <laughs> because it, there's kind of an isolation of when you live in a, a rural community sometimes, like, and a lot of my friends had left the country anyway. So it kind of felt like, obviously my family are there, but like, as far as like a, a life, it didn't really feel like the, there was much to go back to. I don't know if that makes mm. sense. If, if since you guys never um, uh, like left for a long period, I don't know if you did, Alan. But I, I know you were saying, Peter, that you didn't. Yeah, I moved to Port Arlington. That was about the same. But that was that was but, an yeah. interesting thing, even in and of itself, because even though like fifteen, twenty minutes on the road, you get forgotten about. You're right. You know, all yeah. people. You know, the lads are all going out. Oh, so Jesus, I've never even taught you. You were, you, were, mm -hmm. you know, you. So even even just going down the road was enough to kind of uh, drop off the radar for a lot of people. Yeah, um, yeah. My so. my sister's um, husband, um, God bless him. He he came down from Mayo and he was like, God, it was a culture shock uh, when I came down. And I'm like, What are you talking about? And he's like, oh, When I came to Limerick, and I'm like, Well, <laughs> like if I guess if you leave your your comfort zone, it you can kind of feel a bit like you've gone to another country, even yeah. if it's in the same, you know, the same no, province. Like, yeah, it, it's interesting what you were saying, Alan. You know, be it you're 15 minutes away or 15,000 mm. miles away. Once you're away, you're away. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and like that, you know, moving down there and not knowing anyone. And, you know, isolation is isolation. Yes. Yeah. Mm. You know, regardless of location. Mm. Um, yeah, kind uh, of where, you know, where your community is is where you feel at home anyway. You know, there's been mm. times in London where I felt lonely and then there's times in London where I felt like everyone that was ever important to me besides my family um, were there like all my friends and everything so it, it just depends who you're around really mm. yeah what what did that loneliness look like while you were over there Andy? well I mean I I mean we were talking about this um, off air but I mean I've I, I was in a, a long term relationship for about um, well how long is it nine years and, you know, I don't know you guys, you know when you get into a relationship, sometimes you devote kind of all your time to that, mm. in, a, in a sense. So yeah, yeah. it was, in the sense, when that relationship ended, only then did I feel a kind of loneliness because I didn't know <laughs> there was nothing else in the, the city for me besides that at that stage because like I said there was a time when all my my um you know my my best friends were here and everything like that but that had fizzled out year by year and then basically all I had was the relationship but you you wouldn't know that that's all you had until it ends and yeah. that's kind of that's that's where the loneliness um began when when I realized when that ended I realized that I didn't uh, have anyone there initially and do you mind me asking, Andy, was it a case of you, you isolated people or was there pressure on you to kind of isolate people or not see friends as much or anything like that? Because, you know, um, you do have some relationships where you'll get the subtle hint 
of, oh, I don't like them. Or I don't, oh, I don't want to go out with them. You know what I mean? So you're kind of going, what with the person up. you're in a relationship with? Yeah, you mean? yeah, yeah. That, that's a good question actually because it, it, it's interesting. I've been doing a lot of kind of introspection there over the last two years, and like, yeah, I was in an environment that I didn't really. It, it kind of seemed normal to me at the time, mm. <laughs> and it's only now that I've actually started a new relationship, and I'm very happy that I started realizing how like like fucked up the relationship was to be honest but you it was into when i was in it it just seemed very normal and you kind of hit the nail on the head there which i was only thinking the other day because with with my girlfriend now like i want to go out everywhere and kind of like socialize with friends and everything and i was like jesus i never i never really <laughs> had yeah. that inclination as much with my previous one and then well there was a lot a lot of stuff uh <laughs> that that I had to analyse regarding why that was. As as you look back now with with that hindsight, Andy, what what is it that you see that has you kind of maybe raising an eyebrow of going, oh, maybe that wasn't maybe that wasn't the best, or maybe that wasn't normal, or whatever that may be. Well, yeah, well, like uh, we, <laughs> it's funny we had a, we I had a um, a history teacher who used to teach us um, you know Irish history, and he said that um, it's not that I'm anti-British. It's just impossible to talk about this stuff without without with sounding it. So to talk about this stuff, it's not that I'm like it's going to be a bashing sec- a session of my ex. It's not that, but yeah. it's well, impossible. What I'd normally say to what I'd normally say to clients, Andy, would be, well, yeah, are you bad mountain or are you just telling the truth? Yeah, yeah. So just with that kind of stipulation, it's like, well, I'll tell you. And the reason why I I I talked to you, Peter, and said that I'm very impressed with your show is that I. It's not that I was ignorant of mental health. It's just that I was always someone that taught my way out of my problems. Like I I I never really get stressed or anything like that. I could always kind of rationalise. Um, things that happen to me and I, I can kind of take my way out of it and kind of rationalize it but mm. I guess the pinnacle that happened to me was it was it, it couldn't have been a, a more kind of depressing uh, movie plot so basically about two years ago was it yeah two years ago at this stage um, a few days before Christmas I found out that my um, my ex uh, cheated on me and I mean that's kind of very normalized in society I found but the, the ramifications of that I couldn't I couldn't fathom, to be honest, and um, yeah, that that kind of spoiled me a bit, and it, I kind of liken it to, uh, I don't know, it's, it's so, well, do you want me to get into how I found out, or, or yeah, go, what's go the best ahead, way whatever to your story is, Andy, yeah, whatever your comfortable. Oh yeah, fair enough. Yeah, so I, I came back from a, a job interview, just got this new job, and you know, you kind of feel like everything's good in the world. Mm. And I came back that night, and um, this kind of, you know when the text messages sometimes come up as kind of an auto kind of thing, you kind of see something flash on the phone. You know, mm. like it, it kind of, the mis- yeah, so someone came up saying, I love you. And then <laughs> I was... Um, she came out with a shower anyway, and I was like, Jesus, you want to tell your... So she was saying she was having a lot of dinners lately, and in hindsight, it's quite, you know, it's, it's hard that I didn't... It's no wonder that I didn't see the signs, but she was saying she was having a lot of dinners with her specific uh, gay friend recently. And then when that person messaged and said, I love you, I was like, Jesus, you want to tell your, your, your friend, stop saying I love you. Mm. And then immediately she said, I don't want to talk about this now. And I thought, well, 
what does that mean? <laughs> I was like, when's a good time to talk about this? And she was like, I don't want to talk about it. And I was like, well, we better talk about it. And then she said she was uh, seeing a guy that she met at work after uh, like a week or two of knowing him and everything like that. And they, she was saying they, that they already love each other and everything like that. And it was kind of like just a, a state of shock, like really, to be honest. Mm. And, and it was funny as well, because we were married and she proposed to me. So if you ever kind of don't see something coming, uh, it was something like that. And I mean, I, I felt angry initially. That was my first response on um, day one. So when I, when I found that that happened, the first thing I did was in a, a typical, probably stereotypical Irish fashion, I just grabbed loads of drink and just drunk <laughs> myself into uh, oblivion, just yeah. in, in kind of like real time. And I, mm. I remember kept on saying that people will tell you afterwards that this is normal and everything like this happens, but I'll tell you one thing, it isn't normal to me. So that's, that's the initial <laughs> feeling I felt. And then I woke up the day after, hung over and everything like that. And I just said, I have to leave. And I left, I went to the, 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 the Holiday Inn and it was it was it, the backdrop of this was fucking Christmas. So you can see all the the, yeah. the jolly Christmas kind mm. of songs and couples dropping off each other, uh, like to parties. And there was all these Christmas parties going on in the Holiday Inn, and um, Jesus, I was just there. And then so the anger, to be honest with you, someone asked me, "Were you angry?" And I was like, "Yeah, for a day or two, but uh, or a day." But after that, I just felt completely lost and completely in in pain like but not not in a kind of it's, it's hard to describe but the way the way it, it, it eventually transpired to us so only then did i realize i was really alone like there was absolutely nobody else for me in london at that time and the, anyone that i would have talked to over the years i actually came to the conclusion had actually left london but I, I i wasn't aware of that fact in my head until the person that you're meant to kind of lean on for all those things kind of like betrayed you so then yeah. i i was that was sitting in a hotel room alone uh <laughs> that's when it becomes like real that you have no one else was that uh your lowest point andy um no it got it got a lot lower the the, the way i kind of uh, liking it is it's funny because it was how do I describe this it's like I don't know if I was suicidal as in wanting to die but I definitely kind of if you know like in in the Avengers if 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 you could click your fingers like Thanos does and like half the world mm -hmm. disappears it was kind of like it was kind of like that I was just sick of f fucking feeling shit like and and then it became a very and this is this is the thing like I I consider myself someone who's very well put together and very analytical in in situations so I've never been emotionally overwhelmed by anything in my life and all of a sudden I became emotionally uh, overwhelmed and it kind of um, you know when you're hungry and all you can think of is eating or like you 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 know you want to have sex and all you can think of is having sex like it's just a very singular thought my thought was i i don't want to be here anymore and it just kind of became i became kind of like obsessed with like almost like tired and then like obsessed with that thought it's like you know what like you're just waking up i'm sick of feeling like this and um yeah the, so 
there was twice where I kind of it's hard to kind of consider because I don't think I actually wanted to die but I was just sick of feeling this way so it was kind of I don't know Alan you're the expert but it was kind of so I kind of like at one stage I put a belt around my neck and then I was like kind of you know well you, you research how to do these things and then I kind of put it on the door and then I kind of did it for a second I was like oh no 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 that Jesus I don't want that and then there was another time where I put a plastic bag over my head just to kind of feel what it was like and it was like no 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 and then I came to the conclusion Jesus Christ it would be even more fucking pain to myself to to do anything like that like there's no easy fucking way like that's that's mm. that's a painful kind of uh way to do things like but it, so i don't know like i don't know I, like alan you're the expert and I, again this is my story but i, I and i don't mm -hmm. want to misrepresent anything but no, kind of like represent I didn't, yourself and yeah yeah but i didn't i feel like you have to be more determined than i was to actually want to kill yourself like because jesus yeah, so is probably lost. probably more suicidal thoughts rather than suicidal intent Although yeah, that was kind of the experimentation and we've touched on it before in the episodes of, you know, very often suicide isn't about ending your life. It's it's about ending the pain that you're in. You just yeah. happen to be ending the pain by ending your life. Yeah. And um, that's the other thing as well. And that's that's why I kind of wanted to uh, talk to you guys as well. I'll tell you. So after. So once I realized basically, fuck that shit, that's going to be some hard shit to like do it. I was like, well, I can't. I can't fucking feel like I have to do something about it. So, so my, so I rang a few friends and that, and then they didn't get back to me straight away. Now that's not their fault because they they wouldn't have known what was going on or anything like that, and they they weren't even in the country. So, I I rang the Samaritans, and that's something I never thought I would um, do. But I'll tell you one thing, lads. Talking is a fucking unburdening that is really useful. Like once I actually started like what i was internalizing inside once you start talking it's almost like you're working out things in your mind that are jumbled up on how you feel and just just letting mm -hmm. things out actually really helps so the first time i i, I rang this guy from the samaritans and he must have been the most and i mean this in the highest possible way because I, I the highest possible compliment because i don't think they're meant to <laughs> act like this on the phone and i'll tell you why i kind of figured it out because I rang him a few times after and I didn't get this so I, I started telling him my story and what happened and everything like that and then he started listening and everything like that and then he started saying Jesus she sounds like a right bitch and <laughs> I don't think that, I don't think they're meant think to say that, that stuff no, I don't yeah. think they have that on the script yeah <laughs> that he wasn't reading from the script mm. but I'll tell you one thing that first guy anyway that I don't know his name or anything but he was brilliant so he was like he said that which made me think I wasn't talking to some kind of you know, robot. Not not mm -hmm. that not that the others were either. But and then he kind of he said, right. In conclusion, this is how you feel. You, this is what you need to do. And he kind of just summarised what I had said to him, and um, it made me feel a bit better. And then I put down the phone, and then I started feeling shit again. So then I I rang the smart two other times, and then the other two, then they were kind of like they weren't as good anyway. I'm not. It's, it, it, I'm, I mean, I'm. They, they were fine, but I felt much more. Uh, useful from talking to the the first guy and then i started talking to my friends and i tell you my friend he's fucking hard to get a hold of but when i got hold of him and like i, I mean when i mean hard to get a hold of his wife once rang me <laughs> even though they live in dublin and she was asking me have you seen alan lately have you talked to him but i can't get hold of him i'm like you know i live in london so he he's notorious for just going fucking missing 
but he talked to me every single day over Christmas and everything like that. He kept on ringing me, made himself available. Um, and yeah, just the more and more I talked to people, uh, the better I felt. And yeah, it's just, it's very important to just talk to anyone. I, 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 I don't, I mean, mm. I guess there's some, there's some kind of, um, Science that are psychological thing that maybe you could better be as it wouldn't have a fucking job. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it sounds like what you got from the first guy was that he just met you on a human level. Yeah, that yeah. Mm. You know, it wasn't a script. It was Jesus. Yeah, that's fucking shitty, and you know, just validating and meeting on just one human to another human. Yeah. yeah. And that's kind of what you want to hear. And then, and then I'll tell you. Um, so obviously, I left. And then, I well, I'll tell you one thing. COVID didn't work out for many people, but COVID worked out for me because it was a year of lockdown where I could slow down and actually analyze myself and kind of heal. It's, it's strange like that. It sounds. I mean, I know everyone else had a hard time, but it, geez, it couldn't have come at a better time for me because the. I had nothing else to do but sit inside and actually fucking deal with what I went through. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> it's interesting that came about. But in so in the January of last year, whenever it was, got my my dates all over the place. So this, when I actually left uh, the relationship, I actually felt a massive unburdening, um, almost instantly. Now I'm still not over what has been done to me mm. because you have there's, there's definitely ramifications for that that like it, it, it with regards to trust and everything like that but actually the unburdening when i look back at the relationship it's like it wasn't normal there was like domestic abuse um uh emotional abuse and then you know so it might I think one of the reasons why I didn't leave earlier as well was that my self-esteem was like rock bottom. And in retrospect, being cheated on and giving me the push to actually leave was the best thing that could have happened because I probably never would have fucking left otherwise with the the things I put up over the years. But it's only kind of once you're away from a situation, mm. you kind of look back and think, Jesus, why, why was I putting up with that? And it's kind of, I don't know, is it trauma bonding or just like fear of the unknown? But... It was like once I actually left, it it became instantly easier. My life, like I've heard of some somebody who I was talking to years ago, who came out of a, a seven year relationship, told me that that as soon as they ended it, she said the weight off my shoulders was incredible, a weight that she never knew was there. Mm. Is that what it was like, Andy? Yeah, it was because you shrewdly mentioned before about the, the you know, did you not did you not want to go out with with that person? Like, I mean, to actually like interact with your friends and that. And in retrospect, I probably didn't because you would never know when they she would blow up like emotionally and get like angry over things that I know she got angry over. Uh, like, I'll give you one example where like she didn't do the broccoli right when she was cooking, according to her. And it's just exploded and it became this big kind of, like it was an overreaction. And so if you, so in retrospect, I was just kind of like stressed, like low key stressed because I didn't feel like anxiety, but I just kind of, it was like you were kind of managing someone and hoping they didn't 
explode and then you, you, you didn't realize the toll that that took yeah. on you mm. until you left so if, if you're worried when someone is going to get volatile shall we say you you don't really it, but if it's not like a, a nice get together around your friends is it like yeah, it's not it's not mm-hmm. yeah so there was that kind of added thing that that I didn't realise. So in retrospect, like I was very unhappy, but I didn't, it's interesting, you think you know yourself, but I was very unhappy in retrospect. Like I thought it was my job, I thought it was my, like just in general, but actually the second I got out of that relationship, I've, I've been very happy. And I, like I used to go home on a Friday and just sit down, eat junk food and just watch movies and then feel shitty about the fact that I'd be starting work on Monday again. Mm. But in reality, it was that I had just, accepted my situation because i was thinking of well if i'm not going to leave over all these fucking things then i'm never going to leave mm. so but i didn't know that until i took distance from the situation like um yeah um you mentioned domestic abuse there andy were you the victim of domestic abuse oh yeah yeah i, I probably should have clarified that jesus christ um yeah so it's it's again this is from my own experience i don't uh it the domestic abuse is like I never felt fearful it was just kind of like it was very I, I can't think of a better word than and it's, probably, it's probably more severe than this but it was just like very annoying like in the sense that because she was she's quite small and and uh, like slender frame so it wasn't like I, I felt physically in danger I don't know like well it, def- it happened like enough yeah it happened enough but it didn't it maybe like there used to be one or two major incidents a year or something like that and there was only one time where not to say i felt in danger but <laughs> like she put a knife to me one time not put a knife to my throat or anything but just picked up a knife and was like i'll fucking stab you and that was the one time where i thought i was i had a smart response to that and i thought jesus i better not say anything now because there's someone with a <laughs> A fucking knife picked up but that that was the one time where i was like i thought jesus like how how would i defend myself against a knife and th- but then there was other times where she just kind of come at me and trying to hit me and stuff like that and like i could just hold her at arm's length uh, or kind of eventually then i would just i would just kind of go into a different room and hold the door until she calmed down like there was things like that and then th- there was uh, there was one time actually incident and it's like I mean, it's, it's, it, I mean, you've seen me on camera now uh, before we did the show. Um, like, I, I've got a skin head and I've got a beard and I'm, I'm quite, like, muscly and in shape now. So they, there was looking, I think. Uh, well, well that, yeah. they're, they're your words now, Peter, you know what I mean? <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. Handsomely intimidating, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, that's a good one. <laughs> you know, Jason State of him, you know what I mean? There you go. No, but, um, no, but th- th- there, was, there was one time, um, so what used to trigger it, actually, which, again, my friend came up with a good point afterwards. Um, when her mother used to come to stay, she used to get way more like angry and I, I i i could never figure out why i thought it was because obviously she had her own trauma and her her own mother kind of had an influence on how she behaved shall we say mm. um so when her mother came she she used to like get way more intense and like she used to just start saying like oh you're fucking useless and all these things to me and like things like that and 
my friend said my other friend said like is it maybe it's because she wanted to show her mother that she was a strong woman because her mother her own mother got like messed around by her dad it's a very complicated situation but and i didn't think of that at the time but regard regardless um there was one time when uh early on which should have been a fucking red flag jesus um was i think it was one of the first times she did it was so her mother came to stay and a few of her uh, relations, I can't remember who they were, but and and she, so she's half Vietnamese, half Chinese. So they they came from they came from Malaysia on holidays anyway, and then so we went into a room, and uh, the bedroom, and then she was saying, "Oh, you're fucking useless and everything like that." And then as I, I was like, "Listen, I, I was like, I'm not gonna have a, a, an argument." And you know when the kind of in-laws are around anyway, you don't want yeah, yeah. <laughs> you kind of you never feel comfortable anyway. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Let alone with someone shouting at you. So I was like, mm. and she kind of knew I wouldn't say anything back then. So I came up with the genius idea of <laughs> it's not the most maturest thing that I did. As I when she was saying you're fucking useless and everything, I stuck my middle finger up at her like you know just say fuck you, and then I stuck my tongue out. You know, it's not mature, but <laughs> but it my, probably my logic. <laughs> yeah, it did. So within a second, she she picked up a scissors and lunged at me, and I'm like, Jesus Christ! And it was kind of like the Matrix. I saw everything in slow motion, and I'm mm. thinking, Jesus Christ, my 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 <laughs> that mightn't be the best thing to antagonize the person. So she she came at me, and then I restrained her, held her down because she was coming at me with a scissors and then all of a sudden I heard all these fucking feet tapping and everything and I was like, oh Jesus Christ, what's this going to look like now when when everyone comes in? So um, so everyone came in and then she goes, he, he attacked me and he's always doing this to me and he hit me and then I was like, Jesus, listen, I'm fucking out of here anyway. So I walked off and just like left, left the fucking house. And then I was like, Jesus Christ. And, and then at that stage, I was like, Jesus Christ, I've been fucking like, who's going to believe? Uh, like, again, a, 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 as you said, an intimidating looking fella or <laughs> uh, like a, a sweet looking girl. So I, I was fucking frantic at that stage. I was like, fucking who's going to believe me? Like, who's going to believe me? And then her, actually, while this was going on, her mother, so I thought, was on the phone to the police, which I was like, Jesus Christ, this is not looking good for me. And so I went and then just hanged out with my friends that day and was like, what am I going to do? And then her mother rang me back and she was like, come, come back, come back. And I'm like, I'm not fucking coming back. Jesus, you, <laughs> you just rang the, like I thought in my head, the police would be waiting for me and everything like that. So it turned out that her mother asked her, did he really hit you? Because I'm not going to lie for you. Thank fuck for that. And then she and then she said that, no, he didn't. So that was one instance where something that I'd have to deal with. So, yeah, that, that was... Uh, so, again, I said, I don't... In retrospect, I wouldn't... Like, if that happened now, where anyone knew, I would just be gone straight away. But I don't know why... I don't have a rational explanation why as to why you would like that wouldn't be <laughs> enough and the thing is what she would apologize then for her behavior mm. and i'd be like all right then and i i just can't think of a a rational reason to why that 
Yeah. Like, why that wouldn't be enough to, <laughs> like, say, I'm yeah. getting fucking out of here? Yeah, but you know, you touched on a couple of common things there, though, Andy, in terms of what's called a cycle of abuse. Yeah. So what what happens then is you have the, you have the tension, you have the build up. Then there's the event, and then there's the honeymoon period. Mm. So all of this thing builds up. You have the hit, the slap, the the violence, the verbal abuse, whatever it may be. And then after that is the remorse. Oh, I'm really sorry. Yeah. And then you can go back into kind of blissful honeymoon period again. Right? Yeah, yeah. Is Until the, the next. That's where the term makeup sex comes from. Yeah, well, that's yeah. Whether that's getting out the anger or that's yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, um, good old hate fucking. You know, they're, they're yeah. they have their face <laughs> as well. Like <laughs> trust Peter to smut up this fucking podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you, you go through and you go through that phase then. So what, what can happen then is very often, on a kind of unconscious level, the event can be a relief because all of that tension has built up and then it's like, oh, fuck, it, that's, that's happened now, it's mm. over. So you, you start to live for the relief because as you said, you're constantly on edge. Uh, sounds quite volatile of, what's, is she going to react because of the broccoli? Is, you know, you're, you're managing yeah. that um, yeah. and it's... You know, you're in a kind of constant state of unease. And then yeah. you get so used to it, you know, so you get comfortable in your discomfort um, because it's, you know, as the Masters is on this weekend, it's par for the course. That's, yeah. that's, that's what it is. That's, that's what you know. Um, so I think, you know, the other, the other interesting thing you, you mentioned there, Andy, was, you know, it happened a few times and, you know, yeah. well, it only happened. But, you know, we touched on it before among the correspondence of, well, if we were to reverse those genders, the attitude to that becomes something very different. Yeah. You know, it kind of gets excused as, now, well, well, you know, regardless of her size or regardless of stature, you know, and, well, it's a woman hitting a man and, you know, no, 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 it's one person hitting another person. Yeah. And in any definition, that's just assault. Yeah. But it, when, it, when it's the opposite way around, you know, so if we were to say, oh, well, you know, he only hit me a few times. You know, and, and he apologised after he, you know, came at me with the scissors. You know, everyone in the fucking world would be going, get away from him. You know, yeah. that's fucking, you know, call the fucking cops and everyone would be in uproar. But with that gender reversal, it's it's a different, the attitudes to it. And, and like you said, you know, and that danger of how easy it is to claim, well, he hit me. And who is possibly going to believe me? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I've often wondered that, you know, as you were saying, Alan, people are screaming at you to say, get out. Why would you do that? Why would you stay in a relationship like that? And, you know, I, I was one of those people who uh, would think that. And, you know, you'd hear people saying, well, look, if you stay in a relationship, then you deserve to be whacked, you know, and stuff like that. But it's obviously not that easy to walk out on a relationship. Mm. You know, well, not a relationship, but a marriage as well. A marriage, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it. it what was keeping you there, Andy? Was it, you know, we all have a picture in our minds what the future is going to be like, you know, were you trying to achieve that? and uh, uh, Or was it, yeah. you know, not wanting to go back to the parents and say, oh, you know, we're separated now or it didn't work out or is there a shame to it? or No, absolutely not, actually. But I'll tell you one thing, Alan, that I, what you said about the relief was fucking spot on, actually, because I, I, it was almost, that. that's very, I, I actually hadn't considered that. It's like th there would be a relief afterwards. <laughs> that you'd be yeah. trying to kind of hold on to but yeah that's a, that's a, a good observation uh, why I, I, I don't know I'll tell you one thing 
one thing was the physical abuse, the emotional abuse. That so my so before before I met her, it's it's a strange how being in a relationship can change you so much. Because before I was. I was uh, in a relationship with her. I was like very confident. I was, for want of a better word, whoring myself around to as many women as possible. You know, I was like, there was, <laughs> that was, that's what, what I was doing. And so she, she criticized my appearance and everything like that. And kind of brought that, to be honest, I mean, there's no either or what's worse, but that, that affected me much worse than yeah, the, the, yeah. the physical abuse, to be honest. So it's like to think, like she used to pick on like, uh, like she said, oh, why don't you grow your your hair back? Cause I fucking can't. Genetic bitch. Yeah. But yeah. But I'll tell you, like before, like I I looked at my dad and I was thinking, Jesus Christ, like he, he I I'm going to go that way. So before I before I lost my hair, I decided to shave it off, and I had no problem with it. Like I was happy. To, I was very happy with how I looked. Like I've got a good head shape, all that. It, it didn't bother me. I was very happy with it. And then when she started fucking bringing it up, I then I got a complex. And then I did try and grow my hair back. Like when I was, and then I was uh, for all these for all my slap head brothers out there. It's like it, when you're trying to hold on to your f- fucking head of hair. It's almost like you're putting a big signpost up saying, like, I'm losing it. That's how I always yeah. felt. So I felt very comfortable when I shaved it off. But when she made comments about it and made comments about a few other things, it made me self-conscious about things that I never had a, a complex about. And so much so to the point that, like like I said, I was whoring myself about before I met her. But then it was like I lost my confidence so much. Number one, I thought, so what girl would want me after that? And it's a fucking, I swear to God, it's some, it's some transition for feeling like you're confident and feeling like that. And then th- there was no shame of going back to, I had no shame with the parents or anything like that. It, it wasn't about that. It was just like, it was like, I didn't have a plan for my life anymore. Like my plan was that, oh, well, I'll be with this person, you know, with this, well, for better or worse. And evidently it was fucking for a lot of worse. Uh, it's like it. It was like the fear of the unknown, or what? Like at least I. It's like what? The, what will I actually do now? That that is it, when that is over, and on top of that, it's like my my self esteem was broken down so much to the point where I just like felt fucking unattractive. Like like if I could just even get a girl, like to fucking like go out with and everything like that. And mm-hmm. it, it's funny actually when. When I finally did like break away and everything, I went back to horn with as many women as possible just to build up my self-esteem. That's the, it sounds like cliche, but like mm-hmm. it's like that's what I that's what I did. I used to, like I used to so I used to have like I used to go on a date every fucking day. I had all the dating apps, Tinder, all these ones, mm-hmm. and I used to just keep on going with different women because I used to. Like it, 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 it temporarily, I, I might add, uh, like brought my self esteem because all these, like all these women were interested in me, and I was like, oh, she was wrong. Like once I found out that, <laughs> like what I've been told by my ex, it's like it felt initially good, and then, so I was going on as many dates. Like I would go on a date, and then I'd be going on a date the same day after finishing one date. Like I'd be going out for all these different women to build my self esteem, and you know what? It didn't build my self esteem. Like it temporarily did, and mm. then I thought, you know what? No matter what. I do or how much attention I get from women or anything like that it's it's like I always end up feeling questioning myself and my insecurities so then I thought well I'll have to build that up 
in myself and be comfortable with myself, which I, I, I thankfully now am again. Um, so yeah, so, so that's that. That was kind of uh, <laughs> my initial post relationship kind of build up again. But uh, you, I don't you know can if understand that though, Andy. I mean. You know, when you're in a relationship with somebody, you know, you want to look good for them. You want to be presentable for them because you're not looking good for for other women. You know, so yeah. if she comes back and says, oh, I don't like you in them jeans, you're going, oh, shit, I can't yeah. like them. Oh, well, right, I won't bother wearing them or, you know, mm, yeah, oh, your yeah, hair's yeah. going a bit long or, you know what I mean, or it's too tight or something. You kind of go, yeah, oh, they're, yeah. they're you easy. Know. You know, but it's, it's a huge difference between, all right, well, I just won't wear these jeans again to, all right, I'll just fucking grow back hair follicles <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. some work like that but you know a common you know something you touched on there that is very common in, those, in abusive relationships Andy is that how it destroys your self confidence and, yeah. and self esteem um, and they're the kind of things that you know it's more Chinese water torture it just yeah. drip drip drips away that you don't even notice it being depleted until you get to the point where you're feeling fucking shit about yourself and, mm. you know, your self-confidence is, is gone out the window. Um, and I think that's, you know, I think anyone that's been in an abusive relationship will, that will resonate with. And, you know, it's not just, okay, we're getting out of the relationship and that's the end of it. It's exactly as you said there, trying to pick yourself up afterwards and mm. um, questioning yourself and going, Jesus, will will they like me? Will, mm. uh, why, you know, fuck, will I go on the date naps? Will I you know what's oh fuck will I wear a hat or um, you know just they're, they're the kind of things that just infect you just get yeah. in under the skin and it, it I always say to clients that come into me you know that you know the old saying oh sticks and stones will break your bones and names will never hurt you that's fucking bollocks <laughs> yeah. those bruises and those scars physical heal a lot quicker than those emotional scars yeah. that that festers and and it eats away at your confidence and eats away at your ability to just be yourself, you know, and wonder, will you be accepted and wonder, how will this look? One of the things I wanted to ask you there, Andy, is, as you said, obviously, these things leave a mark and you're in a new relationship. What way has that affected you in, 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 in the new relationship? In the new relationship? Yeah, well, I'll tell you one thing. Uh, I swear, I, so when, he, when I even got into this relationship, I wasn't, ready to get into a relationship quite honestly mm, like mm. wait in terms of like i didn't want one we kind of just um i probably both of us weren't to be honest with you but we but we both kind of started seeing each other casually and then kind of um well just kind of become besotted with each other and like really fell in love but um the if if there was anyone else other than this relationship i'm in now i I, I don't think I'd ever be able to like trust anyone like if to begin with I thought you know what if if somebody I don't know if you it, it definitely you almost like how do I phrase it, it it's it's kind of like behavior that's not attributed to the new person you're with or seeing it's kind of just we'll have alarm bells based on the behavior of your previous um, yeah, of course, yeah. uh, spouse or whatever. Like so, it's like there's things that I like and initially like you'd be paranoid or like oh are they going to hurt you again or like you'd just be looking for things. Yeah, you're hypersensitive would, to it. Yeah. 
yeah you're hypersensitive and I used to give myself a hard time because like I, I was very <laughs> fucking happy with myself that after like nine years in relationship I could be over the person in like it was it was it was like eight weeks or something it was incredible like how i uh, but and it turned out because it was nothing fucking in that relationship mm. except misery in retrospect so i was kind of patting myself on the back and then there'd be times where i would just get this something would set me off in a physical way like severe anxiety that i couldn't like i, I couldn't initially attribute it to any mental thought but I would get this very kind of, it was almost like a foot on your chest. And then I would realize it would be something that would, whether I was aware of it or not, would trigger something that would remind, it's almost like my body absorbed the fucking trauma of like yeah, yeah. how I felt. And it would, it, it would reoccur inside me in a very physical way rather than a mental way. And then what I initially did was kind of just like, well, let's, fucking move on from that fucking feeling and then i think it was one of my friends uh, uh who actually went to see a therapist she was like that's your body telling you something <laughs> don't ignore it yeah and then and then i started sitting with it and kind of thinking why am i feeling that way or what what has kind of what has kind of made me feel that anxiety and then you get to the root of it and often more often than not it would be something that would either remind you of the, the past relationship inadvertently or uh, just it would just be your body's way of kind of almost protecting you from the same thing happening again so trust um is the main thing um I, where, where when when you kind of feel betrayed and everything like that and then uh, i'm but funny enough i actually do trust the person i'm with a hundred percent now which i never thought yeah. would happen like and it's just because she's very, she's got emotional intelligence and then it's very kind of, and she kind of came from a, 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 well, a messed up relationship as well without getting into her story. But mm -hmm. it's, um, it's kind of like when I was with my ex, I became very good at communicating to her because it's almost like you're managing someone. Yeah. But she didn't have high emotional intelligence back. And then uh, my girlfriend now, she had the same she had to do the same thing to her so it's now now it's like we've come together we're very good at communicating to each other our feelings our insecurities how we're feeling and like talking about it and like our, our emotional intelligence is very high so when so i think if i wasn't with someone who didn't have such emotional intelligence it it, it would fall apart because this because i don't think either of us were ready to actually go into a relationship because mm -hmm. we're so good at talking about our worries and everything to each other that it's just like you're not worried about what the person's thinking because they'll bloody tell you and we'll tell each other and i yeah. think if i didn't have that i i wouldn't have been ready to like get in a relationship anytime soon it or sounds again, like really. you um you found your therapist andy <laughs> yeah i'll tell you it's but there's free. a lot to be said though andy in terms of you know someone meeting you in that place and you know like that not blowing up I've just gone, okay, all right, you're feeling a little bit insecure or, you know, mm. you're feeling a little bit un, untrusting at the minute. Okay, all right, well, let's let's talk about that and let's yeah. let's explore that and let's not worry about it erupting into violence or, yeah. you know, mm. and, you know, in terms of how your body reacted, I mean, the book on drama, uh, Bessel van der Kock's book, you know, a lot of people will be familiar with it, is called literally The Body Keeps the Score. Trauma mm. is held in the body, your central nervous system. Your brain is there to keep you safe. Yeah. And when anything, and like that, when, we're, when we get out of situations like that, 
we are hypersensitive to it because we have to be because like that before and what you became adept at um, and what people that have grown up in homes with domestic violence is what they are so fucking attuned to is reading people mm. you are um, you become a master because you can tell by the way the key is in the door you can tell by how the jacket is hung up or the bag is put down or the sound of the the, the feet on the stairs you know what the mood is because you have to and then you become brilliant at getting ahead of that oh do you want a cup of tea oh I'll get you a cup of coffee no you sit down yeah. there now I'll you know you you're, you just become a master at Bryce's intervention mm, you know yeah. and you will dissipate do whatever you can to, to dissipate that energy and to try and stop it um, spiralling and erupting mm. yeah I mean that that's actually true because um she it's funny actually when I, I I don't know this is she actually genuinely tried to improve her behavior over the years in terms of her temper and like there would be times where she like obviously she needed f- fucking professional help like she she actually tried to manage her emotions better and there would be times where she would like get angry and then say no and it's calmed down. I was like, Jesus Christ, you never did that before. And and it would be, she would never, and like what you said with the reading the signs and situations, that's actually spot on as well. Because there'd, be, uh, there'd be times like she would never really apologize. I mean, I guess she, she would sometimes, but then there would be kind of like, she would make a kind of non-concession concession, as in like, after everything blew off would be like, Oh, do you want a cup of tea, or do you want a, do you want a, yeah. a, a joint? And I'd be like, yeah. So it's kind of a way of kind of moving on. And then, like you said, I, I'd be so happy for the fucking relief again that I'd be like, well, best not bring up what the fuck happened prior to that. Yeah. Now that we've moved on from it, you know. And of course, nothing is resolved then. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like, oh, let's not talk about it. Let's now oh, let's just move on. We'll yeah. You know, well, let's not make sure that happens. Well, actually, no, no. Let's look at why that happened. You know, what happened? What the fuck happened there? What was that about? You know, I obviously mm. triggered something or, you know, something happened. And, you know, hopefully, well, you know, it doesn't get to that point with, with your current girlfriend because you're able to have the discussion. Um, yeah. But mm. nothing gets resolved. Yeah. There's, yeah. Just, there's just those, oh, well, oh, well, let's not fight again. Or, okay, no, let's not talk about it. Let's just, you know, it's in the past. <laughs> yeah. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Yeah. 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 How did you leave things? <laughs> Does it, it's almost like something on Jeremy Kyle actually so I fucking we've had uh, so we had three cats right and then <laughs> this is where this podcast takes a fucking turn um, oh it's taken many so, turns totally <laughs> in the last one <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um so yeah so I I just was like my attitude is like I could have got like fucking half the flat or everything like that or whatever I was just like I'm fucking getting out of here like I just wanted to cut myself off from anything negative. Like once, like yeah. I, once I got a taste of that, I was completely away from the negative, and I, I felt better. But I'll tell you, you have to remind me of something actually. So I had, how do we leave it? That's a good question. So <laughs> about, uh, so let's look at the timeline for this. So I left, kind of just coming up to the December. I had left and found my new place by January the very early January and I'm fucking starting a new job in the middle of all this and everything and I was I was Jesus it was a lot to 
to be doing and thankfully I found an amazing flatmate at the time as well like my look was very good in retrospect like the day I found out was the day I did that job interview so if I had found out before that I would have been such in a bad fucking place that I wouldn't have went to the job interview and had that job that actually allowed me to be financially good in London so it's funny how things work out but um so I had left and I was in in my new flat and then I got a phone call one day now I had deleted her number and everything at this stage and the so the number came up and I was kind of blurry and I I just got up I think I was drinking the night before that stage actually and um I just picked up the phone and then she was on the phone and I was like oh for fuck's sake what a way to start off today and um so now the tables had turned and she was telling me she had moved in the guy after like a, a, a week or two of knowing him or something like that, a few weeks, I'm not aware of the timeline. He had a cocaine habit. Now she was the one feeling suicidal and everything like that. So she was looking at me for advice, <laughs> having kind of <laughs> like put me through a lot. So I was like, Jesus Christ. And like, again, I, I wasn't angry. So I, I actually detached myself for that moment emotionally from the, the, like just kind of like why are you ringing me about this now like mm-hmm. like so i i advised her it's like i said i talked to the samaritans initially talk to them that that helped me if you're feeling and she said she was in the bathtub or something like that she was she was feeling really bad and i was like I was like, talk to Samaritans if you want to talk to someone. They help me. If you're suffering from really bad anxiety, go to a doctor. Take, I mean, I don't know if this advice is any good, but this is what I said. I was like, just talk to, go to a doctor. If you're too overwhelmed with things right now, they'll prescribe you something. It will, it will put down your levels of anxiety and then you'll be able to deal with with a therapist. So that's what I said to her, something like that. So, Mm. so then I, I, that's, so she, I talked to her, then she hanged up and everything, said she's going to ring the Samaritans and everything like that. And then, and she rang me actually to complain about the new guy as well. And then that's when I was like, I'm not here to talk about that. If you're, if you're feeling, <laughs> and then she, she said she wanted me to come back, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, listen, no chance. Um, so at that stage, yeah. So that, that's the, that's how I thought things were going to end. <laughs> and then <laughs> she, um, she rang me a few, a month or two later to want me to pay fucking what what's the word essentially uh what's that thing where you have to pay uh, child support for the fucking yeah child support for the fucking cats basically essentially (laughs) (laughs) oh no i'm 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 deadly serious i'm deadly serious and i i was telling people this and they were like no no you're joking i was like and i showed them the mission they're like jesus fucking christ and then um i was like i (laughs) what are you fucking serious so obviously well, from what she told me, this guy moved in. He was a co- cocaine addict. She um, she gave him a fucking credit card after a few weeks and everything. So obviously he was fleecing her dry and everything like that. And then she wanted me to come back and everything. And and then obviously at that point probably needed money desperately. And then thought that the fucking cash fucking child support would be <laughs> a good way of getting it. So that was the initial thing, and I was like, I'm not gonna do that and everything. I didn't, but you know what? I actually felt guilty because they were my cats <laughs> for fucking seven years. <laughs> and then I, so and then she rang me saying she she couldn't handle the fucking cats, and then so she kept on trying to find ways to get back in contact with me. So eventually, then I um 
I took one of my cats and then that's the that's the last contact I had because um, I was only meant to take the cats for about two weeks to, so she could f- fucking I don't know what the word de-stress her because she, she said she wasn't able to cope with the fucking cats and then one in particular which was the one that I trained to go in and out uh, of our third, third floor flash so I took her anyway and then it was only meant to be for a few weeks and I was like you know what I'm going to keep my fucking cat now that I'm staying in the the, the country and then I've, I I just kind of was like <laughs> left it at that so yeah there was there was a quite a, a quite a kind of uh, final chapter to that with the, the cat fucking child support and whatnot. Did you ever seek help apart from the Samaritans Andy because you sound like you've been in therapy but I'm guessing you haven't no I haven't but I, I was, I'll tell you one thing I was very good at talking to anyone of my friends I told them that what I did I told them that I was feeling suicidal I told them and I just kept on feeling better when I started mm. talking to them and so no I never I never was in therapy or anything like that but I was just I, I, I never found it hard to like once I managed to to get on the phone to my friends or people mm. um, I, I found I found it very easy to talk about to be honest because it fucking made me feel better and that's, that's the one yeah. I mean I know that's just my story but I'll tell you one thing the one thing that I would advise anyone is is talk to people because like I, I would again consider myself someone that's very well put together but when when that happened to me it was like the fucking roof collapsed on my my skull I couldn't mm. think clearly and then I just wasn't thinking clearly and I used to just walk around the streets listening to hip hop to pump me up actually. And then there was some <laughs> fucking, I, I, I remember one joke I had, and, and you know what, humour got me through it as well. Because yeah. one joke I used to say was that I knew my life was shitty when Coldplay started making sense to me, the fucking lyrics. Of me. <laughs> <laughs> it was. <laughs> and I, I used to... I used to go into Weatherspoons and just have some food by myself and everything like that. And even like, I just used to do these things to kind of keep myself. And crucially as well, another thing I did was, and I don't know how I had the clarity to do this, other than the first day, I didn't fucking drink. Because it affected Mm. my chemical, like I'm someone that's very well put together, unless I have a substance. Like if I have fucking brownies or if I have fucking alcohol or if I, if I ever had any drugs, it used to fucking imbalance me and it used to mm-hmm. just bring me fucking down. So I used to go to pubs around Christmas. I spent Christmas Day in the pub, actually. That that was the other thing. I, I, I spent, because I had nowhere to go, I spent mm. Christmas Day in the pub and I just used to have non-alcoholic beer. And, I, and that's another thing that allowed me to kind of, because if you're dealing with problems through substance, it, it's going to be very temporarily release from I guess it kind of helps you temporarily engage with your emotions if you can't and you might fucking drunk cry or ugly cry but the next day it brings you down so fucking much Mm, and then you have to deal with the problem anyway so how I dealt with the problem was uh, Jesus, it's funny talking. I've forgotten about some of these things. I actually wrote a fucking stand-up routine around my fucking how tragic my life had become when I was in that hotel room, and I used to turn everything into a fucking joke. But I was actually getting out what was in my head. Yeah, very good. And I mean, when I reread it, it was fucking a terrible stand-up routine, but it fucking helped at the time. <laughs> you know, there's meant to be a joke at the end or a punchline. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the whole audience are crying. <laughs> but you know, it's it's an amazing way. 
you know, you can take something that's tragic and turn it into comedy. Like, mm. yeah. well, obviously, I wasn't alive. Alan, maybe you were alive for the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Age shame him. <laughs> the, uh, the, the Richard Pryor special. Oh, after when he, he set himself on fire, fire and he, yeah. he shot his wife's car and everything. Mm-hmm. You know, it, was a, it wasn't live and dangerous. It was something like that. Was like, I can't remember. Yeah, but he came know. out and did this incredible routine. That pretty much changed the face of stand-up comedy, you know. Kind and he was joking about, yeah. you know, he was he was doing he was he was free base and yeah, free base. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, seven, his seven book is fire. incredible. If yeah. you ever get a chance yeah, to read it, do it. Life sentences and other prior convictions or something mm. like that. Mm. But you know, he's doing this routine about his wife driving away and he's shooting her car. Yeah, I think he's doing an impression the car. of the car. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's not just amazing, Andy, the way you were able to sit down and you were you were able to have a laugh about one of the lowest points of your life and y- you knew you needed to express it, though, Andy. Yeah. You know, you needed yeah, to get was. it out of you. Yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah that's what it is isn't it where it's expression and that's kind of things with like fucking art and everything like that as well you kind of you kind of have an avenue to express now jeez I'm not calling my shitty stand up comedy fucking that no one will ever see art but it kind of fulfilled the same creative kind of uh, mechanism that art does though doesn't it you kind of you find a way to express it Andy how are you doing now yeah, I'm doing brilliant actually. Um, I'm I'm settled in London. I've I've moved in with my girlfriend. I got my cat here trying to get in the window actually a few minutes ago. But um, <laughs> I um I didn't. Yeah, I'm very happy actually, and um, looking forward to a lot of things that in my life and everything like that. That um, yeah, it's that contrast. I didn't know how unhappy I was until I. In, until I reached the kind of level of happiness that I never kind of obtained now and then I've got the contrast to that to compare it to when I was like Jesus I was unhappy and I didn't even know it wow. and I'm I'm kind of um, I'm kind of somebody who um, I don't regret anything at all I don't I don't look at life in that way where I, I would regret anything because I, I, I learned some fucking things from that time number one fucking like red flags or you know how to communicate with in general because I had to mm. be or just in that time like I learned a lot of things um, inadvertently like I was always someone who was very kind of um, I don't know happy with the situation like I, I never really wanted um, you know I don't know what's what's the word financial. I'm not very materialistic and things like that. Mm. But through through this, I kind of learned that you know, fucking money is important <laughs> in order to give you the freedom to kind of move away from something like that. Because if like so, I learned I learned a lot of things through through the relationship as a, a byproduct, shall I say, or even mm. like with, even like with my cats and everything. I'm sounding like a crazy fucking cat lady now, but <laughs> even through my cats, like I, I like became temporarily a vegetarian for a while and things like that. Like I learned a lot of things that I can apply to future situations, shall I say. So I don't actually mm. regret anything in, in in retrospect because I, if you can learn from things that happened, then they'll benefit you a lot more in the future. Like if I had come across... I feel like if I had that, that another thing that's worth noting as well is that that was my first relationship, so I had fucking nothing to compare it to. Oh, like, right. so I, I felt like if I had something bad happen to me before then, I would have been know how mm. to deal with it. So, but now that I have, I kind of I can apply that to like future situations, and obviously, if you can walk, if you can bounce back from something like that and feeling as low as I did, then it kind of gives you the strength to kind of get through anything. To be honest. 
Well, you've developed resilience and the end. Yeah. You know, I think I think for anyone that may be in situations or has been in those situations that certainly relate, I think what, what your story gives again is a lot of hope to people that, um, you know, there is happiness after it and, uh, you know, that things can change. And, mm. you know, Andy, thanks so much for the honesty that you've conveyed your story in. And mm. like I said, I think this is really going to, I think it's a story that will really resonate with people um, who may be in it, maybe not even know mm. they're in it, as, as, as you kind of noticed for yourself. Um, so just on my own behalf, uh, you know, thank, thank you so much for, for, for that honesty. Um, and the emotional intelligence of which you've told us as, mm, as well. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, there's no doubt about it, Andy. Your story will help somebody. You know, yeah. from, from anybody who has come on and spoken to us and the reaction we get from other people, it will. And that's only the reaction from people who pick up the mm, phone. Get in contact. Yeah, email yeah. or uh, send us a message on social media. You know, it's not the people that have been helped by the story that never got in touch, you know. So, yeah. like, you know, you coming out and talking so openly and honestly... That's a major, major help. And it's a story yeah. we don't hear very often of domestic um, violence from a male perspective. Mm. You know, the male yeah. victim of it. And it's something we need to highlight an, an awful lot more. Yeah, well, I, I've enjoyed the conversation as well, lads. And that's, that's one of the reasons. Like, it, it's funny, actually. Um, when I was... Like, I, I, I would happily tell anyone this, but uh, when a few minutes before I went on air, I was like, Jesus Christ, um... You know, it's different telling a kind of larger audience. But then I thought that initially why I wanted to do it was because, you know, it's it's not something that's fucking talked about. Like, it's not yeah, something. And, and I'm somebody who thought that, like, you know, I don't know, that I couldn't reach the point that I did. Even like even with my emotional intelligence and even how uh, I'm I'm put together and it, it can happen. So um, hopefully people will hear this and be, um, I mean, kind of I don't know what to say to be honest, but kind of just hearing stories and hearing people who are went through something that's similar to yours or you can relate to. Yeah, hopefully it'll yeah. be a, a help. Yeah, absolutely. Now, that was Straight Talking Abusive Relationships. We hope you liked what you heard. If so, give us a rating, subscribe, leave a comment, or if you think someone you know would benefit from this podcast, by all means, share it with them. Stick it on your social media pages. Could make a big difference in their lives. We'd love to hear from you as well, as we mentioned earlier. If there's anything you want us to cover, discuss. If you've got a story to tell, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch by email, hello at semhpodcast.com. Find us on Twitter at STRATalkingPod. We're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Hashtag STMH. Big shout out to Fiona Brian for the podcast music an amazing producer and beat maker get him on Facebook at FOB Beats and a big big shout out to our 18 as well from digitaldesignlab.ie she does all the graphics and the web stuff and the social media posts on uh, on our pages check them out they're brilliant and uh, give her a shout she'll give you a good price if you uh, if you're in charge of a business or you want some cool graphics made up let her know she'll sort you out she's brilliant Andy you know how we end this podcast by throwing Alan under the bus with an inspirational <laughs> quote. Not under someone else, though. Yeah, it's your turn, dude. Is there is there a mantra or something you live by, or you know, a phrase that kind of keeps you going? Um, I oh, actually, wait a minute. I do have one. Hold on a minute. Oh, I think man. there's um there's a there's kind of two stories you can tell yourself about um something that happened to you a negative version and a positive one and the kind of positive version of it and what you can learn from something will um will, will see you through. Straight talk. Mental.